नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायण नमस्कृत नरंतम देवी सरस्वती व्यास तथो जय मुदीर नष्टप्रायेशभद्रेशु निगुद भगवती भक्ति भगवती उत्तम श्लोके ೀಶೆ ಚಿಂದ್ಯಾಸಹ್ಯಸತಿಭೂಶ್ಚೇತ್ ಚಿಂದ್ಯಾಸಹ್ಯಸತಿಭೂಶ್ಚೇತ್ಜಿಹ್ವಾಸೂನಿಸೃಜೇತ್ಸಧರ್ಮಃ ಕರ್ಣೌ ಬೋತ್ ಇಯರ್ಸ್ ಪಿಧಾಯ ಬ್ಲಾಕಿಂಗ್ ನಿರಯಾತ್ ಒನ್ ಶುಡ್ ಗೋ ಅವೇ ಯತ್ ಇಫ್ ಅಕಲ್ಪ ಅನೇಬಲ್ ಈಶೇ ದ ಮಾಸ್ಟರ್ ಧರ್ಮ ಅವಿತರಿ ದ ಕಂಟ್ರೋಲರ್ ಆಫ್ ರಿಲಿಜನ್ ಅಶ್ರಣಿವಿಹಿ by irresponsible nirbihi persons nasyamane being blasphemed chindyat he should cut prasahya by force rushatim vilifying asatim of the blasphemer prabhu one is able chet if jihvam tang asun his own his own life api certainly tataha then vishrujet should give up saha that dharmaha in the is the process ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಪರ್ಪಟ್ ಬೇಷಲ್ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾತ್ ಕಿ ಜಾಯ್ 
Sati continued, If one hears an irresponsible person blaspheme the master and controller of religion, one should block his ears and go away if unable to punish him. But if one is able to kill, then one should by force cut out the blasphemer's tongue and kill the offender. And after that, one should give up his own life. Purport. The argument offered by Sati is that a person who vilifies a great personality is the lowest of all the creatures. But by the same argument, Daksha could also defend himself by saying that he was, since he was a Prajapati, the master of many living, living creatures and one of the great officers of the great universal affairs, his position was so exalted that Sati should accept his good qualities instead of vilifying him. The answer to that argument is that Sati was not vilifying but defending. If possible, she should have cut out Daksha's tongue because he blasphemed Lord Shiva. In other words, since Lord Shiva is a protector of religion, a person who vilifies him should be killed at once. And after killing such a person, one should give up one's life. That is the process. But because Daksha happened to be the father of Sati, she decided not to kill him, but to give up her own life in order to compensate for the great sin she had committed by hearing the blasphemy of Lord Shiva. The instruction set forth here in Srimad Bhagavatam is that one should not tolerate at any cost the activities of a person who vilifies or blasphemes an authority. If one is a brahmana, he should give up his body because by doing so he would be responsible for killing a brahmana. Therefore, brahmana should leave the place or block his ears so that he will not hear the blasphemy. If one happens to be a kshatriya, he has the power to punish any man. If one happens to be a kshatriya, then he has the power to punish any man. Therefore, a kshatriya should at once cut out the tongue of the vilifier and kill him. But as far as the Vaishyas and Shudras are concerned, they should immediately give up their bodies. <coughs> Sati decided to give up her body because she thought herself to be among the Shudras and the Vaishyas. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, Striyo Vaishyas Tatha Shudraha Women, liberals and mercantile class are all on the same level. Thus, since it is recommended that Vaishyas and Shudras should immediately give up their bodies upon hearing the blasphemy of an exalted person like Lord Shiva, she decided to give up her life. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purport. So, <clears throat> Sati is quoting the or citing the Vedic code of behavior. For a person who blasphemes a pure devotee like Lord Shiva, (coughs) 
So three things are being mentioned here that one should block his ears and go away with unable to punish. If he is not a Kshatriya, then he has no power to kill. So he just has to go away. Especially if he is a Brahmana. But if, in, but if one is able to kill, then he should forcefully cut out the blasphemous tongue and kill the offender. Kill the offender. After that, one should give up his own life. So this is giving up one's own life. Prabhupada and the purpose adds one more. If somebody is a Vaishya or a Shudra or a Stri, then he is neither a Kshatriya nor a Brahmana. So his code of behavior is that he should kill himself. And Prabhupada explains that Sati considered herself in that class, Stri Vaishya Shudra, and therefore, she rightly gave up her body after hearing the blasphemy of her husband Shiva by uh, <coughs> Daksha. So, one thing is what should what is the direction for the present population of, or the, what is the direction for the Vaishnavas in the present circumstances? It doesn't change. The Vedic injunctions are always same, it doesn't change. It all depends upon who is being blasphemed. That is also very important. Here it is said, the master and the controller of religion. If Krishna himself is blasphemed, or Krishna's pure devotees are blasphemed, then one has to leave that place. Or one has to, because everybody is a bond Shudra in this Kali Yuga. Everybody is like a Shudra. He should leave that place immediately. Or if one can kill as a Kshatriya, he can kill, he should cut his tongue, kill and kill himself also. So to follow the full injunctions to kill himself and kill somebody, is not simply kill somebody. <laughs> you should kill somebody and you should kill yourself also. So if you can do that, that is fine. But people do not have this, the Kali Yuga souls do not have that high quality. So, the best thing that if it happens to hear this kind of blasphemy, then Sati is the example. What will happen if you don't follow that? If you don't follow that, then you accumulate a sin. That is what Prabhupada is saying here. To hear the blasphemy of a pure devotee is a 
sin. That means you accumulate that papa. You have to suffer the reactions for that. It's a heavy instruction here. And the instruction is very heavy because the person who is involved here is none other than Lord Shiva, who is a very heavy person. In our day-to-day -day life also we see, as Vaishnavas, we say to first offense of the holy name is to blaspheme the devotees who dedicated their lives. So as we discussed yesterday, this blasphemy itself, so far we have been discussing why one living entity blasphemes the other, the cause was envy. The cause was the disease of comparison and envy. The cause was not recognizing the will of the Lord, where everybody at a different points of time, every moment, whatever one has, grossly, subtly, ability-wise, etc., is all by the will of the Lord, so protesting against the will of the Lord, envy also amounts to that. So that is what we are discussing so far about the cause of the envy. And because of envy what happens? Blasphemy happens. Now Sati started talking about what should the hearer of this do? So, so far we learned how not to be in a position of Daksha. Now instruction is on how to respond to such blasphemy. Practically speaking, first thing is prevention is better than cure, isn't it? One should not associate or one should not come into a situation. At least whatever is within one's capacity should not get into a situation where they are allowed to blaspheme and you have to hear. Mayavadis are blasphemers of the Supreme Lord Himself. So that is why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, don't hear Mayavada philosophy. Not because Mayavada's philosophy is so strong that intellectually you will get convinced. Sometimes it appears like that. Don't hear Mayavada philosophy. Because it's so powerful you will get convinced. It's not because of that. Not that our philosophy is weak. Because you will hear the blasphemy. You will hear that God has no hands, legs, this, all kinds of things that you hear. Non-existent. You will have to hear that your Lord is an imagination. 
you are a greater reality than your lord it is all your sankalpa so preventing getting into a situation where we have to hear blasphemy that is the first precaution that we have to take we should not go to a situation where we have to hear blasphemies so so many caution can be taken to avoid the association of those people who invariably tend to blaspheme and blasphemy also sometimes due to ignorance somebody may some something that is not blasphemy they don't know who is prabhupad they may say something is ordinary man or he may use this or that something they may say that is his ignorance but when blasphemy comes from envy that is that is blasphemy when there is offense and out of envy that is blasphemy so whether what is the if one happens in spite of precaution if one comes to a situation where one confronts the best path available for the modern situation is to just move away immediately from that place immediately from that place if you do not follow this particular code of behavior and hang around there and hear more and more then we will lose our bhakti because as we discussed yesterday the krishna consciousness philosophy is absolute personalism there is an absolute personality who is supreme and known is equal to or greater than him that is a fact that is a reality as in yesterday's purport propat said there are so many vedic uh, statements where somebody where some other demigods are praised to be almost equal to the supreme lord that is as the devotee of the lord but is never equal to the supreme lord so all the characteristics of of um, what we see the personal characteristics in our human society all those characteristics are there in the supreme personality of god at also in an absolute sense in the material world if you if if you say somebody is very powerful or great and if that person accepts that we can call it pride i is proud but doesn't the same thing does not apply to god 
because absolutely he enjoys glorification is with very difficult uh, subject matter that very difficult thing for to go from the uh, human understanding of power human understanding of love all these things to power love everything that krishna enjoys just like you may say we may say don't 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 enjoy power it is not spiritual we say but that's not the same for krishna krishna is a true enjoyer of power krishna is a true enjoyer of love krishna is a true enjoyer of all sense gratification if lust is applicable to anybody it is only to god one place prabhupada says in krishna volume yes krishna is absolutely lusty lust means you, possess, you want to possess yes he is absolutely everything belongs to him but he has got the great opulence of being the counter also what is that absolutely detached also so all contradictory things are reconciled in the supreme personality of godhead so recognizing that krishna can enjoy everything krishna is enjoying everything in his own in his own terms once we understand that then yes krishna is also watching here is somebody who understands the philosophy of krishna consciousness he understand nobody is equal to or greater than me why this why is tolerating this insult to me or if one is defending and taking the proper action it attracts the attention of the supreme personality of godhead so it is part of bhakti this injunction is also part of bhakti one makes progress in krishna consciousness by acting properly being loyal and and defending the supreme personality of god at himself he gets he gets moved by such things krishna gets moved by such things so there is no question of compromising any of the injunctions in the vedas in any of the injunctions in bhagavatam but we have to apply that in proper context proper situation who is shiva is being blasphemed pure devotee is being blasphemed that too is being blasphemed in a community in the presence of so the great presence of all the universal personalities are assembled so see the context in every aspect we have to see the context according to context the the severity is different and all the people who were that also we in the last chapter we have discuss, discussed one of the earlier chapters 
all the brahmanas all those people who are sitting there and listening to all the blasphemy of blasphemy of shiva by daksha they became fallen because they were <clears throat> these brahmanas didn't have the courage to stand up and fight for lord shiva so ultimately when somebody is blaspheming the real test is for those who are hearing and not for those who blaspheme anyway blaspheming fellow is gone his spiritual life is gone but for those who hear it's a very big responsibility so then we'll see further how sati gives up her body and before giving up her body she further you know talks about different uh, principles of how uh, where daksha went wrong where daksha went wrong he could not see the transcendental activity of lord shiva just the mundane aspects and environment mundane context he saw and then he created a perception of of shiva and therefore comparison therefore he started blaspheming pure devotees of the lord are not bound by any any application of the principles of dharma they are governed by the principles of dharma but the application of that they make leniency this way and that way they remain on the transcendental platform because according to dharmic principle if you are a if you if you you know you shouldn't be associating with all this is all tama tama tamoguna shiva was associated shiva was associating with tamoguna all the environment situation everything is not meant for transcendentalist that is a normal application but shiva was apparently look he is violating all these things what kind of a person is he what kind of a great spiritualist what kind of a spiritualist is he so dirty so pure devotees of the lord their action cannot be always estimated by what they actually do in one sense you have to be very careful there is a i know in which chaitanyam bhagavata chaitanya charitamrita where if you see nityananda prabhu going into a liquor shop you should not doubt him they say for sake of preaching he will go there also should not think that he is going to drink liquor <laughs> 
Prabhupada went, they asked, they asked Prabhupada to, you know, in a uh, huge uh, <coughs> disco kind of a, or drugs, disco, that kind of a place, uh, whether he can go there and chant Hare Krishna. Prabhupada went there. He enchanted Hare Krishna. The entire crowd is all there. Celebration is something else. And then he got an opportunity. gave them all Hare Krishna. So the circumstances. Two things. We, you see Vaishnavas. Can cross all these. This is called secondary principles of dharma. In Shastra, there is Mukya and Gauna. Mukya is actually the principles and Gauna are the applications. These applications are changeable. But not by everybody. Now, this is another big caution. If somebody thinks I can I can break the normal rules and then concord something, then if ordinary person thinks, he'll run into problem. If there is purity, then he can do it. If there is no purity, if somebody tries to do, to break the normal material laws, one will not get protection from Krishna. So very superficially, we cannot break the laws of this material world. Thinking it is for Krishna, I am doing it. We have to be cautious. Because we don't have that purity of intent to break the normal principles of the material laws. We don't have the purity of intent. You may have, you may not have. If you have, do it. We don't have, but but without considering this way or that way, making, uh, breaking the normal laws, assuming one's purity of intent. What is purity of intent? It is purely for Krishna, purely for Prabhupada, and not for my false ego. That is purity of intent. If something has to be broken, one has to think a lot, pray a lot. But simply, oh, it's for Krishna, it's for Prabhupada. I'll tell a lie, all this, I that. So just see, everywhere there is a there is a, there is a context in which everything has happened. If you are citing any example from the Shastra also. This context is very important. Cannot just take it away. How, in what context it was applied. Bhakti Vinod Thakur says also in one quote in Tattva uh, <coughs> Sutra something, he says that pure devotees are not bound by the scriptural injunctions. 
what he means is by the normal traditional applications of the principles of scriptures can be changed by a pure devotee so this is a point that people don't understand about the july 9th injunction of shila prabhupad he made a system and he clearly told in the last few days he told that these people want me to appoint them as acharyas will i do it my guru mara did not do it you think i will do it so circumstantial circumstances are also supporting and that july 9th letter followed a, it was a follow up of a conversation with prabhupad had in may letter was in july in may conversation where he the gbc went to prabhupad with a question what how initiation will happen particularly when you are not there no longer with us how first and second initiation will happen this is very important that conversation the question asked is in fact for, forget about the wording of the question before that itself the gbc resolution is what gbc assigned 2 3 entire gbc will not go to prabhupad we will assign 2 3 of you go but please ask all these questions because that meeting was particularly for matters after prabhupad's leaving this planet so the context is very clear everything that happened after going there conversation that is what it is and therefore there prabhupad said i will appoint some of you to act as officiating acharyas officiating acharya means one who officiates the acharya suppose here if i say somebody is officiating prime minister that's a prime minister is sick six months he cannot function as a prime minister then you say so and so is a officiating prime minister he doesn't become the prime minister but he officiates the prime minister prime minister is a duly elected person that person prime minister is different an officiating prime minister is not a person who is got elected so similarly an officiating acharya is not the acharya who is empowered by krishna they are officiating the acharya who is sitting in the parampara so that is the meaning and once again they ask this question are they are they to be considered as your disciples yes prabhupad says or no and then after two months the letter is signed stating the same thing now the argument the other side have is oh it, it's against tradition tradition every tradition is begun by an acharya tradition is not eternal every tradition is started by an acharya sampradaya sampradaya means specific practices etc 
So, if you have faith in the Prabhupada's instructions, fine. One should not think it is violating the fundamental principles of Shastras. It may violate tradition. It doesn't violate the principles of the Shastra. Any questions? Prabhu, regarding this uh, July 9th letter, the principle is that a person who is wanting to advance in spiritual life has to accept a spiritual master. Hmm. The application is how July to accept the spiritual master. Yeah. So, the Prabhupada has kept that principle intact that whoever, you know, we all have to accept a guru, which is Prabhupada. He has given an application how to do it when he is not physically with us. Exactly. So, there is no violation there. There's right. No there is no violation. They don't, they confuse between the principle and the application. And therefore, they say that, no, how can Prabhupada, uh, you know, it is not, there is no precedence. It's not there, not there in the Shastra. So, he could not have done it. This is, this is total speculation. The principle, in fact, if you go to that level, the principle of Guru is, Guru is one. Guru Tattva. <laughs> they talk about, all others are actually applications of that Guru Tattva. The Prabhupada talked in Gaudi, in, in Vyasa Puja uh, 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 offering in Bombay. The title is Guru is One. Your Guru, my Guru, all this Guru, Guru is One. That is Tattva. Rasa is different. My Guru is Prabhupada. Rasa is different. But Tattva is one. That means Krishna manifests in this material world to lift the, to, to relieve the, to liberate the, to take back the living entities in unlimited forms. Sakshadharitvena. He manifests his power to, to lift the living entities out through different living instruments. So that is the one, Guru is one. That means Krishna's activity is one. But through different persons, there will be different varieties. Varieties is called rasa. Varieties. So now we get mercy from Srila Prabhupada. Variety is also absolute. But variety is many, not one. For me, my guru is absolute. But can man, Krishna can manifest uh, as as uh, in his in, in many living entities as pure devotees. The principle cannot be. This is another thing that they attack. Oh, you mean to say that that uh, no gurus for next ten thousand years? So naturally, it it looks stupid. If somebody wants to qualify, tattva is there, principle is there. Krishna can manifest. Why make all these statements? More and more pure devotees can come. Is not Prabhupada didn't say, we don't say that and they make this argument and they say, within the institution of the Prabhupada's, because he has told that, 
if all these kind devotees become pure devotee also everybody will become the disciple of shila prabhupada that is a right understanding there is not that the tattva is limited limits anybody no because all the devotees are all the now everybody is fallen and therefore your ritvik system you are bringing up so no 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 we are not saying that suppose everybody becomes pure devotee also nobody will put a chapa on anybody saying that i am your your my disciple everybody belongs to shila prabhupada directly belongs to shila prabhupada and they have to practice krishna consciousness in the association of sadhu guru sadhu and shastra therefore prabhupada created this institution institution is necessary for sadhu sangha if somebody there is somebody else someone was telling that own congregation was telling that no i uh, you know i read propas book and that's it i in principle he was telling that there is no need for me for anybody's association that's wrong because guru sadhu shastra and practically also you can see that person will not advance he theoretically he will know the old philosophy of krishna consciousness he will not advance it goes vaishnava sangha is very important is a energy there is a spiritual energy that goes it's not all intellectual krishna consciousness is not some intellectual it is intellectual also but it's not merely intellectual I missed the point. What is intellectual about all this blaspheming and all those things? What is intellectual? Why so critical? You lose your spiritual life. What is it? It's highly personal. Nothing to do with intellectual. So Krishna consciousness should not be mistaken to be intellectual perfection. It is personal perfection. Perfection of loyalty. Perfection of you know. interpersonal qualities vaishnava qualities initially yes philosophy all these things okay the real challenge is not philosophy the real challenge is becoming a vaishnava becoming a devotee how do i become a devotee that's a real challenge it's a personal challenge any other question prabhu you spoke about power rasa uh, how should a devotee handle power rasa is there any scope of uh, for a devotee to enjoy power rasa there is no bona fide scope but the reality is that we have to grow out of it how do we grow out of it how can we handle power at the same time not take rasa from it so there has to be effort in that aspect first is first thing is to recognize first that all source of all power is krishna and simple logic at one time i did not have and now it has come 
So immediately you get detached. It just, it's just flowing. It's coming, going. Exactly as a cashier is handling cash. When he's handling cash, he knows that it belongs to the master. Suddenly he will not fall into illusion that, oh, a bank cashier will say, this money I should put something in my pocket. He won't think. He won't think. So, the same way, we have to handle power in this material world. Material world, we have to handle power. We have to, organization means men and money. Inevitable, we have to touch these things. And if we, one thing is you can say, I don't want to touch all these things. Another thing is, in service of the Lord, if we have to touch and the order of my Guru, I have to touch. So, the rasa, rasa means when, when, as I said, the cashier takes something. That means, that how do we test that? I am having power rasa or not? Just imagine yourself stripped of that power. What will happen to me? That is a real test. How my mind will react? We stripped of the power. And then you can say, okay, then of course, your mind will react both because everything is mixed. There will be spiritual and material. Oh, I lost the opportunity to serve Srila Prabhupada. That will all be there also. But we have to be very careful, very carefully if we observe, there are some other things also with it. And we can make out. So if we always subject ourselves to that test, it's our, it's our work. We have to care for our soul and, and go through this test and then you can detect. We can detect and then we can change our perception, change our paradigm and then purification will happen. That means how you see power. Okay, there are all default perceptions. How you see woman, there's a default perception. How you see power, there's a default perception. Correct? And where does this default come from? Right from childhood, unfiltered un, un, uh, conditioning, unfiltered conditioning. Now we hear Bhagavatam, we hear scriptures, perception changes. So default perceptions are all conditioned perceptions. Conditioned perception means there is material rasayan we are taking. It's a reality. Therefore, we have to we have to work on ourselves to and by chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra, all this work becomes easy. But ultimately, we have to work on on this. Just as we work on sense gratification, gross sense gratification, four regulative principles, we have to work on. Uh, it's a it's a highly it's 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 not somebody can say anything or somebody can make you do some things. Somebody can make you do a service, but there are certain services that one has to do to oneself carefully, voluntarily, nobody will tell. And that makes a devotee advance. Puja, Pratishta, Labha. How? This is a contamination. So, I, it, it's a personally one has to work on it. Individually. And nobody knows other than one's own heart, what is in his one's own, one's own heart. One's own present heart. Heart means chittam, consciousness. It is not the soul's heart. Soul's heart is pure. 
is identifying with this contaminated uh, uh, mind body system so these are all finer uh, challenges that the devotee has as he progresses in spiritual life and when he feels relief from power rasa he actually he'll feel great relief because that's that's you're closer to the soul when you don't want see in this material world power rasa the 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 it's a perverted reflection of surrender rasa surrender is of surrendering power surrendering self so here power rasa comes as a perverted reflection of lording rasa comes as a perverted reflection of servitude a surrender and servitude here it is lording and bossing or money people etc it's a journey in a journey we have to accept what is my current destination of current position what is my destination so that constant estimation our aspiration should be there to become a pure devotee and realistic estimation of where i stand no thing to feel shy about it one does not have to tell anybody all those things but one has to know for oneself very clearly and then keep moving towards a destination and that journey is very exciting because you want to go from a to b and you know the route and as you are going station train station oh next after next oh now from here i want to go to bombay when i reach pune i feel oh most of it almost reached you feel you almost reached so you current you are currently you are you are watching and you are estimating how you are progressing grandara chimat bhagavatam ki jai jagat guru shila prabhupad ki jai